Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, welcome to The Sportive. I am John Martheller, and I am here with only one other person tonight. But in an upset, it is our good friend, Chicken Fingers. How you doing, sir? There, there's so many other times of the year when there's no chance of ever getting you to be on the podcast. And then tonight, it just so happened that you were the only one that could what? also support me in my need to yell about sports. What do we name it? Show when it's just you and I. Is, do we have a name? Um, I think it's the... the I, I mean... I can't remember the other names. It was the nice guys. Yeah, that was me and Brandon. You and Brandon. Um, that might have been the only one. <laughs> I think that was it. Yeah, why don't we get a nickname? What the hell? We should have a nickname. Chop liver. All uh, right, uh, our nickname should be the hockey guys. Yeah, chop. This liver. is the How hockey chop show. Liver. This is yeah. This is this is the chop liver show. Okay. Nobody wants to hear from us. Um. Yeah. This is the two guys on the podcast who knows who are who who know who are in the World Junior Final tomorrow. Oh, that's a good. I like that. The, the <laughs> Stu and uh, Stu and Brandon don't care, but we no, we are here go, for that. World Juniors? What the what now? The <laughs> which when you think about it is a it, it's Reasonable. it's kind of surprising how unbelievably popular this tournament is. It's uh under under 20 no under 18 under 22 how old do you have to be to play in the world juniors i can't remember right now under 20 under 20 it's yeah. an under 20 is it, yeah i suppose that makes sense for junior hockey under oh, 20 tournament yeah that is oh, basically three basically, birthdays yeah oh three uh 20 and one one 23 maybe something like that i think it's i love that you're birthdays. talking i love that you're talking age cutoffs have Something I told like the that. story on have I told the story on the podcast about you and my son in age cutoffs? No. He was born. I, <laughs> I don't know if I told this story at the podcast. We're we're gonna get to sports, I swear, but I want to tell this story. So before my son was born, he was he was scheduled to be born right at the start of the summer. And he, his due date was in the middle of the middle of the month. And Chicken told me, well. You know he's got to make it. To, he's got to make it to the first of the month because that's the age cutoff for. I think you said baseball. It was June one. I think it was for hockey. I, I think yeah. it was June one, right? Yeah. And yeah. So, so anyway, my my son's due date wasn't until the middle of June, and all of a sudden, three weeks before his due date, my my wife went in for a regular appointment, and they took her blood pressure, and it was you know a thousand over five hundred or whatever. <laughs> and, 
it was, you know, preeclampsia time. So they basically said, all right, you're going to the hospital now. We're going to induce you right now. This is on the day before. And so we went to the hospital and we're in like the intake thing, the triage thing. And they're, you know, they're trying some stuff to bring your blood pressure down. Like, well, we're going to give you this and we're going to give you this and just sit tight. And if it comes down, then you can go home because they don't want to induce you before you're ready or whatever. So I had, unfortunately, before all this happened, been joking with my wife, like, well, you know, chicken said that you got to cross your legs. This is going to happen because, you know, well, you've got to make, you've gotta make the cutoff for, yeah. you got to make the cutoff for this. And so the doctors try about six different things to potentially slow this down. And it's nothing where nothing's working. And finally, they're like, all right, we're going to have to do this. And so my wife, who is an emotional spot, turns to me and says, listen, I'm so sorry. We're not going to make it to do that. <laughs> that's, I haven't heard that. That's and that's pretty good. I was I, I was like, <laughs> no, it's fine. And in the event, uh, my son wasn't born until June 1st anyway. So it all worked out. But he can play just, an extra year of youth hockey. That's just, <laughs> he just, can be. My wife a, apologizing to me after being hospitalized for potentially serious complications because of something chicken said. I, I think <laughs> that's that's the important thing. The important anyway. thing is he gets that extra year of youth hockey. And then if you take him up to Warroad High School, he can play like three more years. <laughs> he can play till he's 24. That's right. There, you yeah, there is no there, there is no world juniors cutoff in Warroad. <laughs> no. You can be 26, 27, just you know regular shifts at the Marvin windows plant and play in high school <laughs> hockey. It, it all works out. You you can do whatever you want up there. It's like, it, it's like senior A, but senior high. I am starting a, a, a campaign to change it. The, the hatred from Edina to world, the, the hockey, the <laughs> state's hockey. So I'm just one man, but I'm going to, can we my... still hate Edina? Like we can hate both oh, sure. of them, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. No, as it's long not as a, we can still hate Edina, I think everybody's not a zero sum game. No. Adding world. I think yeah. there's always room in our hearts for more high school hockey hatred. Yep. Who does who does everybody hate up in my neck of the woods, up in like section four here? Hill Murray? Sure. Is Hill uh, Murray the hate one, hated one? Yeah. So your kid you you would be a Roseville school yep. district, right? Um yep. yeah. Um Hill for hockey, it's definitely Hill. Definitely um, they're the ones taking your your best players All right. for the high school program. Just in general, non-hockey, like who's Roseville High School's biggest? I would assume it's Mounds like View, probably. Yeah, it's yeah the I Mustangs. think it's Mounds View. I'd assume it's Mounds View. Um, and I know, rest- I know one person who's in the Roseville district, and their kids are in the Roseville district. But she went to Mounds View, and mm, she like weird. she like refused to buy a Roseville shirt, even though her kids have been in athletics <laughs> for like ten years. For like, I think this was finally she bought one this year. I like her. Yeah. So clearly, there's some. I'm just getting I'm just getting into this stuff like I was texting one of somebody who's been involved with Roseville Athletics because I just realized this the other day Roseville is the Raiders and it just Uh dawned on me my my daughter's in youth basketball and they have the you know the logo on their t-shirts or whatever that's the same as the Roseville High School logo Roseville's logo is a black wolf why are they the Raiders but their logo is a black wolf that doesn't make Um any sense at all I'm going to invent the theory that it comes from the Lyle Elzado Raiders and <laughs> it's, they didn't want to be associated with, with when those they, hooligans. When they, 
when they closed Ramsey High School. That was about <laughs> the time that Lyle Alzado was around. I think that's it. They went. They were probably like a Raiders logo, like like the yeah, like, like the Oakland Raiders, and uh, and then Alzado probably like ripped somebody's arms off and hit them over the head with them. <laughs> and they're like, all right, it's enough of that. We're wolves. not out of character for Roseville in general. Well, I mean. Maybe this is also the podcast of the people who know when the world's juniors are, but it also is clearly the podcast of tangents. But the main thing that I wanted to talk <laughs> All right. about, All right, we, focus. you know, we're 15 minutes in here and we've talked about my son's birthday and the Roseville High School logo. But the thing I wanted to talk about was the NHL. I'm watching the wild game right now. They're going to lose. Mm-hmm. We knew they were going to lose as was, soon as yeah. Tampa Bay scored a goal because the wild have no ability to score a goal right now, partially because their two, well, maybe not their two best forwards, but certainly two of their first line forwards and their best forward overall are hurt. Um, Caprizov mm-hmm. is hurt. Matt Zuccarello is hurt. Both of their top two defensemen, Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodine, are hurt. They are playing guys that I had never heard of before. Um, one of their fourth line forward, like I had heard of Nick Patan and Sammy Walker and Vinny Letary, but they're playing a guy named Joel Maturi. I can't even remember his name. Joel Maturi is playing. Yep. Joel Maturi at age 79 is on the fourth line. And honestly, producing about the same as whoever's name, whatever <laughs> that guy's name is forgetting. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't know how Iowa is doing in the AHL this uh, thus know. far this year, but they can't be very good based on how these call-ups are playing so far. They said that yeah, the Wild now have their top three. The top three scorers not from Iowa are on the, the Wild roster. So I suspend uh, the goalie is injured too. Um, I just just yeah. flew out of my I mind. I forgot to mention Jasper the starting goaltender. Yeah. Well, is, Gustav, yeah, yeah, Gustafson is hurt too. But the Iowa's Wild starting goaltender, Iowa starting goaltender, are hurt. Yeah. So I suspect they're not doing well. Um, but I don't know. And Feligno's hurt. Um, and then like oh, the yeah. first shift, Hartman got hurt. Yeah. Um, Johansson back, took a, but he still hurt. Took a puck to the face. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility that two more forwards will be hurt after tonight. That uh, Hartman right. and Johansson. Yeah. Which are the next two highest paid guys on the roster. So <laughs> anybody Avenged. that makes more than a million bucks, just <laughs> I would leave. Just go hit the showers, get in a fight. Eventually it's gonna be Matt Boldy and nineteen guys who are all making the exact same combined as Matt oh, Boldy in the lineup. And somehow Matt Boldy will have the eleventh most shots on uh, on the shot chart because there, you know, he he'll go through periods where he scores five goals in five games, and but there's nobody better than just disappearing for weeks at a time. Yeah. He just he's <laughs> he 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 goes through these stretches where he's utterly invisible, and I don't know I don't know if they have like heat maps where they can show where he skated. But I got to believe that during those games, he's just, if you did a heat map, it'd be like, wow, he never once got below the faceoff circles. Not even the dots. He just was at the top of the circle the whole game. I think that's what they were talking about when they said he needs to show up in the playoffs, too, was those kind of greasy areas yeah. where he needs to improve his game. And he's, I don't know, that's not, that's a step that they wanted him to take. It doesn't look like he's taking it. No. But the the thing that I really wanted to complain, well, among the other things that I wanted to complain about. I know what it is. It's what um, I want to complain about all the time. Yes, but it is, it's really a problem. And 
the thing that I want to say is that it's very clear and it's becoming it's been very clear, but it's been sort of starkly stark reality based on just what's happened to the wild lately. The NHL has got a very serious refereeing problem going on right now, and I don't think people are talking about it enough. And here's what I mean by that. Kirill Kaprizov was taken out of the game when they played Winnipeg a couple of games ago because uh, a big old lumbering demon cross-checked him twice and the second time got him right in the liver or whatever. You know, it's the upper body injury. I have no idea what's actually wrong with him, but managed to knock him out of the game with a cross-check. No penalty called on the play. A few weeks ago, Jonas Brodeen gets boarded by Evander Kane, and Evander Kane is a known, not an angel, Gets boarded by Evander Kane. He's been hurt since then. No penalty called on the play, except that Ryan Hartman skated over to him, and Kane went down like Hartman had shoved a knife in between his ribs, and Hartman got called for a penalty on the play. The the Jets managed to, and this is something that Mike Russo pointed out, the Jets managed to deflect the whole thing by claiming to have a tape of Hartman saying that he intentionally high-sticked the smallest guy in the Jets roster or whatever. Nobody can hear the tape. The Jets say they have it. Nobody's been allowed to hear it. They have a girlfriend in Canada. You haven't met her before, but they definitely have this. And it was a good move on their part because it deflected from the fact that the Jets, the last two times they played the Wild, have intentionally injured Kirill Kaprizov, and on neither play was a penalty called. And that's what I mean about the refereeing problems in the NHL. Like, they managed to after after the lockout. They managed to finally get rid of a lot of the 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 stick fouls, the hooking, the slashing. The Wild just got at the first at the start of the third period. They just got called for the lightest hooking penalty ever saw, where Nick Patan got his stick sort of sort of kind of wrapped around Steven Stamkos, and immediately the arm goes up. And that's true no matter what with hooking and slashing and those kind of things these days. You, you get your stick up on a guy, it's an automatic penalty. They figured out how to do that. What nobody seems to understand or even care about in terms of refereeing, you, you look at any game, there's going to be 5,000 cross-checks in a game. You stand, cross-checking is illegal. It's a two-minute penalty. You can't check a guy with both hands on your stick unless you're standing within 30 feet of the net, in which case you're just allowed to cross-check anybody you want. Boarding is illegal. You're not allowed to smash a guy into the boards, except it happens 50 times a game. You're not allowed to hit a guy from behind unless you kind of hit him from behind. Nobody seems to do anything about this. And there, there's this consistent parade of guys who are injured based on stuff that could be penalties that's not even called. Like they're just like the referees have just given up and gone like, well, maybe the Department of Player Safety will suspend these guys. We'll just leave it for them. Maybe this was a seven-game thing. We didn't call a penalty on this play. And the I don't want to necessarily call it incompetence. It's just unwillingness to call this stuff. And there, there's, there's, always, there's always sort of a... People are calling for retribution, and people want, you know, fights and whatever. But I don't, I don't think anybody wants to go back to the old days where... It's just like, well, you hit a guy and now, you know, Dave Semenko is marauding around and you're going to take your head off or whatever. And even then, for all of the talk about how this is the way it was and nobody nobody would do anything because they're worried about Semenko or whatever, 
90% of the fights were just Semenko fighting Rob Ray or something like that. It wasn't like Dave Semenko was protecting anybody. It was just these enforcer on enforcer battles. And you don't have to go very far to find stories about enforcers whose lives are ended because of this. Derek Bugard, obviously, is the, the main example for local fans. Nobody wants that to be the answer. I don't want that to be the answer of like, well, maybe we need more fighting to get rid of the cross-checking. We need referees that understand how to call penalties. If they wanted to get rid of this stuff, they could. They're not doing it, and I don't understand why. There's no reason why they There's no justification for it, John. They obviously can get rid of it. They've shown that they can get rid of the hook. I mean, it doesn't. it's not gone, but how much it's limited compared to what it was like in even yeah. 2005. If you go back and watch a 2005 game. If you, you try to get inside the other in, inside the wilds blue line in 2005, Jack Lemire was hooking you on the blue line. <laughs> Jack was... Lemire had a 35 foot stick and was just <laughs> yes. hooked him. If you skated too near to the wild bench and everybody was fits. fine with it. Five guys across the blue line and they would all hook you as you tried to come mm-hmm. into the zone. That was their defense. And the league said, all right, we're going to tamp down on this. We're going to start calling it. And you saw, like you said, you saw tonight, the third period on Patan, pretty light hooking call, but they're trying to, it's, yeah. it's been significantly reduced out of the game. They can do the same thing with these cross checks. Why they won't, it, there's, it's a mystery. Um, I mean, you look at like every whistle where there's somebody around the net. If you happen to be standing next to the net when the goalie covers the puck, somebody's punching you in the face. And everybody just accepts that. I don't have an answer for why that's acceptable. I don't and know. I mean, <laughs> that's it's just accepted. The only time a penalty ever gets called in that scenario is if you get like knocked down, like if it's a really bad punch to the face, and then both of both guys get called. The guy who gets punched in the face gets two minutes for roughing, and the guy who did the punching gets two minutes for roughing, just because they don't want to affect the game. Why I, I recognize they don't want to make they don't want to take physicality out of the game, but there's a difference between physicality and just hurting people. It's it's illegal to do it. Now they will call you if you were if you were a defenseman and you were on the blue line and you enter the scrum. So if you right. skate in and you make it five on five instead of five on three, so they'll let they'll let the punches happen if you happen to be on the five side, but right. if you're on the three side. And you and you try to become the fourth or the fifth guy coming in. Nope, those punches are illegal. Yeah, I, Why? I it, it, no, it's inexplainable. It and the NHL doesn't make the game better. I don't know why they don't see that they have a problem with this. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's making the game worse. Every the the coverage throughout the year is not about like who who is scoring the most goals or anything like that. It's stuff like this Jets wild thing where Cole Perfetti or whatever his name says that Ryan Herman said that he intentionally injured him and it's caught on a mic or whatever. I, this is, this is the discourse in the NHL for most of the year. Jason Zucker just got suspended for boarding a guy who just boarded him or whatever. A cousins who's a chicken shit who somehow never gets suspended for all the chicken shit stuff. He does Zucker was just defending his guy who was elbowed in the back of the head into the boards. Um, none of this makes the game better. This lack of calling by the refs makes the game better. So it's inexplainable. There's certain rules in hockey that they don't call that I do understand. If you think about um, maybe a good example is 
uh, icing, they will give a guy a lot of leeway. Uh, you're supposed to have it, the puck past the red line before you can yeah. you can send it down, right? How many times have you seen a game where a guy is three feet yeah. on the wrong side of the red line and they just let it go for mm-hmm. the sake of the flow of the game, yeah. right? It's close enough. I don't have a problem no, with that, right? It makes nobody the game wants better. to add more icing. To nobody add to wants to add to make it better. They say close enough. Let's keep the game moving along. I love it, right? It, it yep. makes a ton of sense why they would say, look, close enough. This stuff, the cross-checking, the punching, how does it make the game better? No. And I mean, doesn't help the flow. People are, and people are getting hurt. Kirill Kaprizov's getting yeah. hurt. They want Kaprizov on the ice. Who thinks? I'd hope so. Yeah. But now he's gotten, he's gotten hurt twice in like the span of 40 games by yeah. the same team who is obviously going after him physically. An and no penalties were called on either play. And I don't want to suggest in any way that the Wild are being targeted by the league or something. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying this is an example that resonates for Wild fans because they're seeing it happen. And why, why the referees don't do anything about it, why the league doesn't do anything about it is utterly beyond me. I cannot understand why they have made such an effort to take hooking and slashing and tripping out of the game, but are doing nothing about things that are hurting people. And well, and I, I, I'm on your side. I kind of, I kind of wanted you you to, I kind of wanted you to yell at me for this. But if you're um, not yelling at me, that means I know I'm right about it. Yeah, no, John, I don't have, I, I like I said, I, if we're making the game better, I'd understand, but I'm not seeing it. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see how any of this is working. And I don't, I don't get the sense that the NHL feels like they have a problem about this. And that's the most concerning thing is that they just seem inclined to let it go because everybody likes punching after the whistle. Everybody likes, cross-checking guys on the power play i don't get it i don't understand i don't they understand. put a, a former enforcer in charge of league safety <laughs> which is and he's just turned out to be the most crooked sob in in history so right um boy big yeah. surprise there yeah oh uh, well, but he's ivy league okay that's yeah. as we're finding out that i don't know that doesn't mean you're any less crooked i do i also want to mention that i think it's Amazing! It's amazing to me how much the fact that the Wild had to let go like two of their top five employees using the same language for various things. One of which was Bill Guerin verbally abusing the guy who then left the organization, who was a big he was the main contact for the team. This is this is the team's uh, director of operations. Bill Guerin apparently verbally abused him such that eventually they just decided these guys couldn't work together. And like a week later, there was an article in The Athletic that was like, the vibes around the wild are great. Are they really great? They'd won a few games. I don't feel like the vibes are very good. By the way, they've lost four games in regulation in a row since then. But there's just sort of this weird thing where clearly nobody can talk about it. I'm sure there's disclosure things or whatever or litigation yeah, yeah, litigation and all this stuff that's going on that which is why we don't know why andrew height is gone why chris o'hearn left the organization we don't know but it's just it's a very weird spot for bill garen like you know you get quotes from him and stuff now and it's a little bit like all right bill thanks for telling us about the injuries why is everybody 
trying to get away from you. Why is your whole front office leaving? We have there are bigger questions here than the injuries. Something is off. Something is really off. I do think it'll all it'll all come out. I just don't. Yeah. I I hope that it's nothing enormous because this they still have another season of cap hell, yeah, to get through and uh, <laughs> things are not trending in the right direction. They're going up. They're going. They're going down. So, um, and right now, I mean, I don't know what the Iowa payroll is, but it's about the same as the payroll of the team that's taking the ice for the Wild every night. I'd assume they're both getting they're both getting paid about the same. More. Yeah, they are. Um, so it's sense. I mean it's bad. The the wilds the, the wild were sort of trending upwards. They they won a they they won a lot of overtime <laughs> shootout yeah. games. They were looking better. I think their playoff chances were even up to about fifty percent or something like that. It mm-hmm. is it is downhill right now, and there if things are not. There's nothing that makes you think it's about to get better. This they can't be, score. Yeah, yeah. They can't score, and they are not getting great goaltending, and their defense is poor. Mm-hmm. Is not good. So, um, Mark Andre Fleury is going to get about fifty chances to pass Patrick Waugh on that on the all time wins list, and so far he's not getting any closer. He's well, just losing every night. Going to be unfortunate. You're going to have an exciting thing like Jasper Wolstead might get his first NHL start, and Nick Patan will be the first line center. <laughs> like he's not going. He's going to face eighty shots. On the bright side, he should be very familiar with all his teammates because he's played he's sure. 85 games with him in Iowa. That's, yeah. Just the same <laughs> roster. I don't know what that is. They still have the ECHL team that's in like Coralville, Iowa, right? The, the Heartlanders? Wilderness, sir. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was the Wilderness. I'm sure you're right. The Heartlanders. Yeah. I can't keep anyway. track of who's who. But they do. <laughs> yes. They so do. They're they're gonna guys. Need, I don't know how good the Iowa Heartlanders are, but oh, they're going to need them too. I did see they called up a couple guys from them already. So it's it's always funny to me how different the ECHL, which is, you know, the equivalent of like double A in baseball. Like if you're a double A, you're on the double A team in baseball. Mm -hmm. Odds are you're like a prospect. Like this, you know, they often say double A is better than triple A. Yeah. yeah, Your career is on the upswing. If you were in the ECHL and you're not a goaltender, the chances of you ever playing an NHL game are like one percent. Not good. Yeah. If you're a goaltender, if you're a goaltender, you're they're like eleven percent. But yeah. if you're in the ECHL, you are just playing because you love hockey, man. Good Maybe you. if you're a fighter, yeah, you still got a shot. Yeah, exactly. If you're six foot five and they think that they can use your face to deflect some fists, you might have a chance of making the NHL. No, there's definitely a reason why you're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway. Um. All right. That's all of my NHL ranting. Do you have anything else to get out about the Wild or any mm-hmm. any form of hockey? Really, World Juniors. Do you want to laugh at Canada? Canada's not winning the World Juniors. That's that makes me funny. Really happy. I like. The- Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I like the pictures and the videos of the Canadians that traveled to Europe to watch it. Yep. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, that made me happy um, mm-hmm. to watch them being sad. The the uh, Team USA coming back today, that was fun. Snuggerud, um, just being a stud, that was fun. Um, yeah, that's about it for World Junior. That's about I it. I mean, I don't I, I want USA to win, but I'm really watching Gophers and I'm watching the Wild Prospects. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to watch <laughs> for what um, you what you mostly want out of the World Juniors is you want whoever's playing for Team USA that also goes to the University of Minnesota. You want him to score eleven goals. Mm-hmm. You want Canada hurt. to lose. Yep. And I mean, ideally, like, ideally, like Germany is going to beat Russia or something funny like that. But yeah, it, other than that, it's just waiting. And if the USA plays Canada, then it's just awful. But that's about it. That's about all you're waiting for. The yeah. USA plays for the for the gold medal tomorrow, and I hope they win. But more than anything, I hope Snuggerud or Oliver Moore scores eleven goals. And I hope my illegal YouTube feed holds yeah. out and doesn't get, <laughs> doesn't get copyright keeps always, copyright clearance. Always <laughs> another big part of really. Those are my hopes. <laughs> really, any international hockey, right there. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Um. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to complain about is the Vikings. And I'm, I'm not, I don't want to complain about them in the sense that they're bad or they're going to miss the playoffs because whatever. I think it probably two, three games ago, you could look at the Vikings and I, I think mainly most people looked at them and went, well, they, they might make the playoffs, but I don't want them to play any more games. I'd be yeah. perfectly happy to watch only 17 Vikings games this year. <laughs> I don't That's I don't it. need to see, I don't need to see another one in the playoffs. I don't need to see them lose the Dallas or whoever by 50 to 2. I do kind of want to see if Nick Mullins throws four picks if they would go back to Jaron Hall on the like just the, how many <laughs> times can we just keep doing this? Well, I mean, this is the thing I wanted to complain about. They're starting Nick Mullins on against the Lions whenever they play the Lions. I assume it's on Sunday, but I I don't know oh. that for a fact. Um they're they're definitely starting Nick Mullins, and there's there's two reasons I think that's a bad idea. Number one, I think that there's every chance that Nick Mullins is going to get a receiver killed, not like <laughs> injured. I mean, actual dead on the field. Yep. And so that's a problem. It's not a problem because Nick Mullins is bad and they're going to lose. That's true, no matter who they put at quarterback. They're Nick Mullins is not very good. Josh Jobs is not very good. Jaron Hall is not very good. Winning is not the point. In in fact, losing might be the point because at this point, you, if you if they lose, it'll drive them up the rankings for the draft. And maybe there seem to be a number of decent quarterbacks in the draft, yeah. Yeah. including Michael Penix, who now everybody wants to draft. That's, that's and, the sucky part. Yeah, that's the the hope has got to be that they're high enough to get some young quarterback. Mm-hmm. But the thing. <laughs> The thing that I would, if I was making the decision about who the Vikings should start a quarterback, 
I would want to put Jaron Hall in there again, not because he was good, because he was terrible against Green Bay. He was absolutely awful. Really bad. But of the three Vikings quarterbacks, he's the only one that I would even have. He's the only one that I feel like I need to see more of, maybe. You don't need to see more of Nick Mullins. They knew who Nick Mullins was when they signed him. They knew who Josh Jobs was when he signed him. We've seen them both play. They're not going to be a starting quarterback in the national. I don't want to say the national football league. Cause I don't want to talk like West walls in the national hockey league at this level, Bobo. Um, but it, for Jaron Hall, obviously he was okay against Atlanta. He had one good series and then he got hurt. And then he played against green Bay and he was just absolutely terrible. Just terrible. Really, really awful. I wanted them to play him one more game and see what he might change or whether he might do well. If he improves significantly in a week, maybe you have something there. I don't think they have something in Jaron Hall. I think there's a reason he's drafted in the fifth round and he's older than both you and me, which is impossible. He's also shorter than both you and me, which is also impossible. But um, I, I didn't necessarily think they had something. But if you play him once more and he's terrible again, you can pretty much feel free to be done with the Jaron Hall era in Minnesota. I well, okay, I don't want got... I don't want there to be any doubt left. Is what I'm saying. Uh, there is no doubt left in my mind. So I, I do have two questions for you, okay. John. Um, what what Jaron Hall? Um, I, I don't need to see anymore. It's over. Um, I, I'm ready to move on, and that leads me into one of my questions. Um, so. I have two questions for you, John. First question, we're talking about um, murder in Detroit. Uh, if one of the Vikings receivers were murdered on the field mm-hmm. in the Silverdome. Wait, do they they don't play in the Silverdome anymore. No, they don't play in the Silverdome anymore. Ford Field. Ford Field. Um, if the they were murdered. Of, the home of Gopher football. On live television. In Detroit. Do you think the Detroit police would still botch the investigation? <laughs> I think the NHL referees wouldn't call any penalties. <laughs> I know that. To a serious question, um, what would you what would you do with Kirk Cousins? Well, what number I mean, is too much for you? You have to make a call before the draft. You can't wait for the draft. You have to make a call, and you're gonna have to make a call like in the next three weeks. Like so, the next month. Do you understand how the NFL salary cap works? I don't believe it exists. I think right. it uh I think it's something that's talked. I just don't think it's a real thing. I think it's kind of like the Federal Reserve. I think that it's kind <laughs> of like this thing that everybody says is and then I just think that it's all made up. Um uh, there's there's no other sports podcast and no other sports podcast co-host that is going to cons- going to compare the NFL salary cap to the Federal Reserve with both of them being potentially fictional. I I, I stress to you, the, the listener, there's nowhere else you're going to get that kind of take, and I love it. That's what I want to hear. So that said, um, there is a, a number that you don't, you're not going to give Kirk Cousins, or maybe there isn't. Maybe you just blank check it and say whatever you want. What would you do? You got to make uh, a call. Is it the thing million? that I want to know? Is it 50? Apparently- Apparently they've got all this void money. I don't understand what a void year on a contract is. That doesn't make any sense to me. But the question for me is if this already counts against the salary gap, like it's $35 million or whatever, I don't know what the number is. 
if that's already out there, can you just pay him that and then have him play next year? Like, do they have to sign him to a new contract? And if yes. they do, they do have to sign him to a new contract. My understanding is if they don't sign him to a new contract, then that dead cap money starts kicking in. So now you're paying him the dead cap money and he's not on your team. But if, if, if you they, sign a new contract, they it's the first to the him. end. They're gonna, if they do gonna, sign him, do they, do they like gain extra salary cap space then? Or does it like oh, the they pay him $30 the million dollars and they also have to spend $35 million on not having it? My understanding is if they give him a new contract, they're just deferring that dead cap money to when that new contract oh, to expires. a future. Yeah, that's right. It'll right. never go away. It's just the cap is theoretically going to go up forever, and the number never changes. Right. The dead cap. So the the longer you keep re-signing him, the lower that percentage of your overall cap becomes when you do defer it when the contract is expired. And it's that's my understanding. I could be completely wrong. So please do not make financial decisions based on my input. (laughs) This is not financial advice. So what they need to do is they need to sign him to a 70 year contract for a million dollars a year. The the Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. Yeah. Push those void years off until. Hasn't really worked out for anybody to do it that way. But um, is that what you were suggesting? Yeah. Well, I mean. That was, I wanted to talk, clearly I'm a salary cap knower, so I wanted to talk a lot about the salary cap implications. It's really, it comes down to, do you want him back or not? Or would you rather take the chances with the draft? Because if you don't, if you don't re-sign him, then you got to take the chances with the draft. I think a lot depends to me on what the rest of the team is going to look like for next year. If they are going to have Jefferson back and they are going to get, Daniel Hunter back and Brian Flores is still coaching the team. If there's reasons to try to win next year, then sure. Bring Kirk Cousins back. They have a chance of winning with Kirk Cousins. If the choice is sign Kirk Cousins and maybe you'll win six games versus don't sign Kirk Cousins and maybe you'll win two games. Probably don't sign Kirk Cousins. I, I, I just, I feel like you have to look at, what your actual chances are and be realistic about what your actual chances are, whether or not you sign Kirk Cousins. I, 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 I don't, looking at what their team is likely to look like next year, I don't foresee a scenario in which they're competing for winning 15 games and going to the Super Bowl or something next year. What I'm hearing you say is don't sign them. Go with the draft. I, I think mm-hmm. so. I think that's probably the way I'm leaning. Because okay. here's the thing. If you sign... Will it make it better if you draft someone and re-sign Kirk Cousins? Like, mm, I don't, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. I don't, I don't know I what don't, that ends up looking like. Well, you're not going to sign Kirk for anything less than what three years? Well, he's not going to take a one-year contract. Well, I, I don't know. I, I cannot, I cannot fathom the motivations of Kirk Cousins. Just going back to the time that he suggested that if he just rode around in the Pope mobile, he couldn't get COVID at the practice facility. I don't know if anybody but me remembers that he was going to sit in like a box rather than getting a vaccine. He was going to sit in like a glass box. And that was his solution to epidemiology. So ever since then, I cannot parse his motivations. I don't know. I don't know what he wants. I don't know if he's the kind of guy that would be like, oh, I really want to come back and prove something to the Vikings. He doesn't seem like that to me. He seems like the kind of guy who would much rather 
just go and take a hundred million dollars from some forlorn team that's going to pay thirty-nine-year-old Kirk Cousins thirty-five million dollars. I don't know who that is, but well, I, I'm a big actions guy, not so much words guy. He says a lot of things. I would say his actions throughout his career have shown he has always gone wherever they will give him the most money. True. He's not given discounts. He's not. He will go where whoever is giving him the best deal. That's where he's going. I don't blame him for that, but no, um, he whoever decides they want him the most is gonna whoever's gonna pay him the most. That's where he's going, no matter where that is. Win, loss, good franchise, bad. He doesn't care. He wants the money. What if you sign him to another couple of void years? I don't understand void years, so I I'd like think to you're use onto something. I'd like go to use the... him like the wild card in Uno. I think, I'd like to play my void year. I there's probably something there. I'd have to call Rob Brzezinski. Um, I'll have to text him <laughs> when we're done. I bet Chris O'Hearn would know this. He's not doing anything right now. <laughs> He's not, but yeah, poor guy. Who knows? Well, or not poor guy. I don't know what he did. Yeah, so exactly. I, we have I, no idea. Have no, I either maybe feel really bad for him or I don't feel bad for him at or all. I don't. I really don't know. There's no way of knowing. I'm watching, by the way, I keep, we're, we're on the video call here. I keep glancing up because the Gophers are actually close to potentially beating Michigan in men's basketball on the road, which probably shouldn't be that notable, but the Gophers beating anyone wow, in basketball. Really? That's great. So I, w- I was just, I was texting with my friend. I should say his name, Shmuel. I was texting with Shmuel, who's done the Gopher football preview. And I was saying that the Gopher men's basketball, their week this week is really a definitive week in terms of my interest. Like if they beat Michigan tonight, there's 25 seconds left in this game. If if they beat Michigan tonight and they beat, I think they play Maryland on Sunday. If they win those two games, it's like, oh, well, this is actually interesting. Like you should really, th- this team might actually be, they're not going to be Purdue or anything, but they might actually be not terrible. If they lose these two games, well, you can pretty much cross off. Cross that off your calendar for the rest of the year. It's on the road or at home? It's on the road. They're in Ann Arbor. Wow. They just missed the front end of a one and one up two. Um, there's I doing our famous bit. We're just going to talk about a game that's happening right now. That by the time anyone hears this, they'll already know what happened. There, there's 10 seconds left. The refs are currently doing a 45-minute instant replay now. It hasn't gone 45 minutes yet, but all basketball instant replays go 45 minutes. They're about to review who knocked the ball out of bounds. So, anyway, um, we'll see what happens with this game. I, uh, The Gophers have not exactly – they were up about five with three minutes to go, and they have not exactly closed it out strong. So, we'll see what happens. But, anyway – just as an, uh, another aside, and again, for podcast listeners, this is terrible. This is absolutely terrible stuff. Um, yeah. So Vikings quarterback aside, the other thing I want to talk about is the Twins. Just to say this, I, I saw something today. Somebody was tweeting or writing about center fielders. And a, a number of other guys have gotten contracts and they were saying, well, you know, Michael A. Taylor might be able to get the kind of contract like Kevin Kiermeyer. I think he was one of the center fielders who signed today. Michael A. Taylor might be able to get this. And it named like three teams that might be interested in them, none of whom were, of course, were the twins. And I was I, I, I knew that the twins said, all right, we're not going to spend any money like that was clearly very important to them that everybody know that they were definitely not going to spend any money. I did not understand that that meant 
that they were going to spend zero dollars full stop. I thought that meant like, all right, we're not going to try to re-sign Sonny Gray. We're not going to try to re-sign Kent Maeda. Oh, okay. I get it. Those guys are going to cost big dollars. I didn't understand that that meant we're not going to try to get back Michael A. Taylor. We're going to put the corpse of Byron Buxton in center field and hope that his knees don't explode. That not only are we going to try to trade like Max Kepler in the hopes that we're trading him at the top, we're going to try to trade Kepler and Polanco and Kyle Farmer and Christian Vasquez and replace all these guys with AAA guys. We're not going to sign anybody. I didn't understand that they were just going to try to spend $0 and get the payroll down as far as they clearly are. I, I just thought that they were like, well, we're not signing a Korea this year. By the way, the Gophers did close it out. So hey, c- congratulations nice. to the Gophers. Washburn McCready. That's, <laughs> that's all I can think of. <laughs> that's that's all I can think of to say about that. That was, that was a pretty good Ray Christensen right there. Hey, thanks. That's my only... I've got That's three a, yeah. impersonations we've already done. Every, every time I see Washburn McGreevy funeral home around, I, I, I do you I think of my say, impersonation? Oh, I, I think of your impersonation. That's number one. I think, man, that's a good Ray Christensen. But number two, because of Washburn McGreevy running 400 million ads with Ray Christensen throughout my childhood, <laughs> I have very warm feelings towards what is a, objectively a very sad business. Objectively, do you yeah. think it's? Do you, I don't know what the word. It's not ironic. I don't know what the word is that they were still run. That a funeral home was running <laughs> Ray Christensen as post mortem. <laughs> I I don't I, know what that word would be. I I don't know. I don't know if it's irony exactly. Mm, it's not. It's just a little too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Like all right, this uh, business where you take take people who are no longer living and try to make them look good and you see you can remember mm-hmm. them the way they were is going to play ads of a dead person talking mm-hmm. at you. And yet I feel very warmly about this warm. for that decision. Like warm. Yep. man, I'm sure glad to hear Ray Christensen. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel too. Yeah. Uh, uh, good for you, Washburn Retrieve. When I die, you are getting the business. Uh, well, I don't have a big comment on the twins, John. They don't care about us as fans, and I'm not going to care about them. Well, I, I um, think they, I, I, I all the goodwill it... they built up with with the wonderful playoff run is it there? I I think it's gone. I mean, now maybe they'll do, they'll end up signing people and it'll be back or something. I I don't know. And with every spring, optimism is is reborn, I guess. So they'll get some of this back, but right now. It seems like they burned a pretty sizable chunk of the goodwill they built by winning their first playoff series in a million years. So uh, I, I don't know. I what do the game think, plan is. you know, we were talking a little bit about existential crisis for the NFL because I think the NHL refereeing is sort of an existential crisis that nobody's talking about. In terms of baseball, I feel like we're entering a new era. Like there was there there was the era of national TV, and then it was followed by an era of local TV where a lot of revenue for baseball went up and up and up in part based on local TV contracts. Like everybody got a bunch of money from local TV and you had the twins who were getting paid like $50 million a year from Valley or from Fox sports North and then later Valley sport. And then you had the Yankees or whoever were getting like a hundred million dollars a year, or $125 million a year. Now you've got the Dodgers who spent 
literal a literal billion dollars on two players over the offseason. You got the Dodgers who are making hundreds of millions on their local TV deal. And then you've got on the other end, the Twins right now are making zero dollars on of local TV revenue next year. And the Padres, who just are are trading guys because they are set to make zero dollars on local yeah. TV revenue next year. Baseball is gonna have to do something about this. The, you cannot you cannot have a closed league like baseball where one team has a four hundred million dollar payroll and other teams feel like they have to have a ninety million dollar payroll. It's just not gonna work long term. You have to it's gotta be something a shared media pool or something. Like it's gotta be something along those lines. They're gonna have to figure it out because they're gonna start hemorrhaging fans. Yeah. People are it's... gonna they're just gonna stop. It's just it's it's a new era, and there, and I I think, unbelievably, baseball has been pretty good about figuring this stuff out. Just with like MLB Advanced Media, which has been a big driver of the revenue, that they somehow became the only company that ever figured out how to web stream sports, and now everybody uses MLB Advanced Media to do it. Um, they 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 figured that out in some ways, but also now you've got the. What used to be you had the haves and the have nots and there was not a huge difference. Now there's the haves that are out here beyond the end of what money looks like. And then there's the have nots like the twins that are there's there's nothing to be done. Yep. I mean, the poll ads could spend some of the money they saved over the past twenty five years, but of course that's not gonna happen. Never going to happen ever. People need to stop. It's just They've been they've owned the team for what forty five years now forty some yeah. years. Just um, as a reminder, maybe people 35? younger people younger than you and me like listen to this podcast, and maybe they don't remember. Maybe they don't know this. Maybe they don't remember this. Just remember that Grandpa Carl Carl Polad got his start foreclosing on farmers mm. during the Great Depression. That's never, how. That's how he got his. Never forget that he, if he had his choice, the twins wouldn't exist. Yes. And they were just. It was a judge. Had and you could say it was all a conspiracy theory. We were there, it happened. He yeah, tried to happened. contract the team, a judge had to stop it. That's that's the family tree right there. So don't let the poll ad surprise you about anything. Anyway, no. I just I wanted to mention that as another thing that is just it, it's it's wild to me that this is happening right now. Um, that's all I got. That's I don't all have I anything got. else to complain it's about. A lot you have of anything else to complain about? Man, that was a lot of complaining. That was an hour. Well, when we go a month between podcasts, it just builds up. The yeah. the, the bile sort of builds up and felt eventually good. you gotta eject it. Did you feel good? I felt good. That, that felt good. I feel better. I feel good. I feel sort of cleansed. It's a new <laughs> good. year. Good. Feels weird. I can you at least like pretend to be Broxy? I want to yell at Broxy. That would that would really cap everything out. Can you do what a Broxy impersonation and I could and I could be like, <laughs> what? I could yell at you um, and then we could close that way. We could talk about the Timberwolves and I could be uh, super positive about damn, it. Damn it. What was I thinking? Even I should have kept my uh, damn mouth shut. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear you and me. Cause my belief is that I I do think it's funny. Mike Rand started his podcast today. He was talking about how the Timberwolves have won 24 games this year. And he pointed out that some huge number, like 12 out of 39 years or something, or 12 out of 33 years for this franchise, the the Wolves are already like almost 
halfway up the charts in terms of number of games they've won already this year. They've won 23 or fewer games like 12 times, which is unbelievable. I just I just want to say there are two types of fan bases in the NBA. There's like a normal fan base and then there's the Timberwolves fans. A normal fan base would look at a team that's 24 and 8 and go, you know, that's winning three out of every four games. If they can keep that pace up, they could be a 60 win team this year. This could be the number one seed in the Western Conference. I guarantee you when the Wolves reached 24 and 8, I guarantee you every Timberwolves fan was looking and going, all right. So if they win just half of their games, if they go 500 the rest of the way, they've won three quarters of their games. Now, if they can just go 500, I think we'll make the playoffs. That's that's where Timberwolves. Anybody, any Timberwolves fans who are not landing there are either eight years old or delusional. Like if you're eight, okay, I get it. You're a kid, you don't understand what this has been like. If you are a forty year old Timberwolves fan that's going, you know, I think they got what it takes to be the number one seed in the West. You're you're a crazy person. You yes. need help. That's sociopath behavior right there. Well, I think it's fan. You need help. Anyways, well, but I mean, in general, you're 40 and you're still sticking around. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, we're we're God good and loyal you. people. Timberwolves fans. Best fans in the world. Anyway, um, that's that's all I got to say about the Timberwolves. You couldn't even yell at me for that. I don't know what else to do to be. Uh, yeah. I don't have any good stories about getting thrown. Just out say, of the just, just say interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I will say my 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 cousin and his wife who listen to the podcast sometimes. God bless them. Um, they they came into town for Christmas and I picked them up from the airport. And I don't. I think we were just barely on Highway Five outside the airport before she she just threw in a conversation. Interesting. <laughs> and I'm just delighted by that. I'm delighted about. I'm delighted that Brandon getting thrown out of a game is now part of my family's discourse. That's great. <laughs> Interesting. Gotta, I try to make that as much part of my conversation as possible. Also, I, I, I will say another way that this podcast has affected my brain. I saw some, this was something online about some code thing you could use to, to easily clone somebody's voice. Like you take a small sample of their voice and then you can use oh, it to no. produce you know, their voice saying whatever. And the first thing I thought of, not like, oh, this is bad for politics or yeah, somebody yeah. could clone my voice. The first thing I thought was I should get this and do it for chicken impersonating Tom Shane and then just like use it to record an entire pot, like type things out and just have chicken is Tom Shane just saying random stuff. That was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Not not the terrible implications of AI overall for society. Like, oh man, we could have more Tom Shane. Well, you you no longer have out. a friend. What's that? <laughs> you could write some things out and I'll just read it off. If you want to for an answering machine message, nobody has answering machines anymore. Um, yeah, let would, me know. I would make that. <laughs> Thanks for calling. You no longer have a friend in the diamond. Uh, uh, good stuff. Anyway. All right. Happy New Year, chicken. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, don't sound too excited about that. <laughs> that really was your uncle that has he, he's been through some Give stuff and he's at he's at your house on New Year's Eve. He doesn't want to be there. Like, ah, happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tom. Yeah, happy, happy New Year. Year. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. All right. Bye, everybody. See you. Bye. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 